And I'm Faith. And we are Luna Faith Podcast. Hey everybody. Hello. And welcome back to our podcast. It's been a while since Faith and I have been on a podcast together. Yes. <laughs> like what? Three weeks? Yeah. I thought it was two weeks, but we always like the, the other body. Yeah. yeah. So it's been four weeks. <laughs> yeah, four weeks. Uh-huh. <laughs> Almost a month. Yeah. Wow. It's been a while. We are happy to be back together recording for you guys. I also wanted to briefly mention that on the weeks that we do not post our um, podcast, we do actually do lives on Instagram. So if you're not already following us, follow us on our Instagram page at Woman of Faith Podcast, and you will see our lives that we do bi-weekly as well. Yes. And those lives, you do not want to miss them. They are so good. Yeah. So let's get into this um, topic today. So we are still on the series, The Well-Watered Woman. And in this episode, we're going to be talking about how our friends and our family waters us. And this topic, honestly, has to be one of the most um, foundational assets because our friends and our family are like the foundation of who we are. And um, they are the first ones that we know know, when we're born, first ones that we interact with. I know, unfortunately, everybody doesn't have the best situation that they may have been born into. But it's it's good to talk about it. It's good to be transparent. We have these open and honest conversations. So let's do it today. So first, I'll get into um, how does God look at the family? How did God design the family based on the word of God? So the definition um, family is the foundational institution of society ordained by God. It is constituted by marriage and is composed of persons related to one another by marriage, blood, or adoption. So point number one is the family is a fundamental institution of human society. Verses to look at as references are Genesis 2, 20-25 and Exodus 25-6, as well as Joshua 7 and 10. The family is constituted by marriage. It's the second point. And scriptures to reference that is Genesis 2, 20-25 as well. Some points when it comes to the family is constituted by marriage are marriage is ordained by God. Marriage must be between one man and one woman. Marriage is characterized by leaving the authority structure of one's parents and joining together to form a new authority structure. Marriage is a picture of the relationship of Christ to the church. Marriage is a covenant before God between a man and a woman. The point number three is God has commissioned and blessed humanity with the charge to be fruitful and multiply. God has ordained that children be brought into the world only through the procreation activity of a husband and a wife and only to marry parents. The ordinary privilege and responsibility of married people is to have and rear children. Point number four is parents have the primary responsibility and God-given authority to teach their children. Parents are responsible for their children's general education. Parents are responsible for their children's spiritual and theological education. That's deep right there. For your parents to be responsible for your spiritual education education and theological education and imagine so many children that have not gotten or received you know a word about God from their parents that's deep so and the fifth one um is that in light of the fall the fall of man 
God calls some people to singleness. So everybody is not called to be married. But, you know, at the end of the day, even that single person has come from a couple, whether they have been married or not. Um, so that is the foundation of what family looks like in the Bible. Um, and today we want to get into more about, you know, the family, you know, friends, that dynamic and how it all aligns and comes together. So with that being said, having that foundation, let's really get into some of the main topics or the main points that a family helps to nourish and, and pour into you. Yeah. Um, these, are, these are topics and, and traits in regards to a healthy family. So the first point is praying and interceding on one's behalf. So let me get into some scriptures that talk about that. And I have Job 16, 20 through 21. My intercessor is my friend as my eyes pour out tears to God. On behalf of a man, he pleads with God as one pleads for a friend. So this scripture is talking about the Holy Spirit and how the Holy Spirit, you know, is our friend. And he pleads and goes into battle for us on our behalf as we would do for our friends as we would do for our family. So it's important that we, obviously we can't pick our family, yeah. you know, but these are traits that our family should possess. Yeah. You know, we we have to grow up, you know, if we have, if we're lucky to have brothers and sisters, mm-hmm. if someone violates you at school, your sister or brother, they'll oh, be yeah. riding for you. you know oh, yeah. <laughs> like, they, I have stories about that. <laughs> like, they're going to ride for you. They're going to have your back. And that's what the Holy Spirit is, is speaking. Well, that's what God's people speak about with the Holy Spirit in the scripture. But that's what we need in our friendships. That's what we need in our family. Mm-hmm. People who are going to intercede for us and take, honestly take up for us when we are not around, when we do not understand, when we are not able to protect ourselves. They're going to do it for you. They're going to be able to intercede on your behalf in a situation. Right. And one thing I want to mention is when it comes to family, if you do come from a broken family, a broken household, know that God can restore. Amen. He can restore families. And I've seen it happen. And also know that you've already been accepted into God's family. Amen. So God has accepted you as his child and we're his children. And with being his children, you have other friends and members of his family that you can now, you know, call your own family. Yeah. So just know that God's home is never going to be broken. You're always going to have support when you are under God as his child. Amen. Another scripture that I want to bring up that honestly is amazing to me. This scripture in Job 14, 10, it says, When Job prayed for his friends, the Lord restored his fortunes, Mm. giving him twice as much as before. Wow. So when you pray for your friends and your family, God blesses you. Come on. There is a blessing in you praying for the ones that you love. It's not just about them. It's also about you because you benefit from that as well. I'm not saying to pray selfishly because you should be praying with your heart being pure for them. But as you do that, God brings a benefit to you as well. He blesses you like beyond which your wildest dreams. Right. And then you'll start to see God move. Like you'll literally see his hand when your prayers get answered. Like yeah. you pray for this certain person in your life or your friend or your family. And then you see God move and answer your prayers. I mean, come on. It's yeah. truly amazing. So yeah. why not pray? Yeah. And sometimes we have to be that intercessor for our family. But we are the ones who but may know more about God, maybe um, closer to God. We right. have to be the ones constantly praying for them. They may not seem to be changing. It may take years for them to change or for them to grow and mature. 
But God needs you to stay consistent in your prayers. I've heard so many stories about people, you know, being in church and them praying for their mom and dad to be saved. And it may have taken God 20 years, but they ended up being saved. Amen. Praying for their brother or their sister to be saved. It may have taken 20, 30 years. They may have not seen their prayers answered after they prayed it. It may have taken some time, but God eventually does it. So don't get discouraged if it's maybe taking a little bit longer than expected. God's plan is designed specifically for a certain reason, a certain time, a certain season. So don't get discouraged in praying for your mom and dad to be saved, praying for your brother to be saved, praying for your son or daughter to be saved. So don't get discouraged in that. Continue to be consistent in your prayers um, and to have a, have a positive mindset when it comes to that. Speak positively in regards to that. So the next tip that we want to talk about is love. Giving and showing Unconditional, love. unconditional, unconditional love. That is hard to do. Let's get into the scripture first before we get into, deep into that. So, I have Proverbs seventeen seventeen that says, "A friend loves at all times, and a brother is born for a time of adversity." Wow. It says, "A brother is born for a time of adversity." So that means when you are going through. God ordained us to have family to be there for us in those moments and seasons for a purpose. Like family, they're like our quote-unquote guaranteed people to be there for us. Like regardless, they're supposed to be there for us unconditionally. Whatever we do, whatever we go through, be there at all times to be able to be there for us through that adversity, through that trial. And that's what love does. That's what Jesus has done for us. If we think about the things, the dumb stuff that we have done and he forgives us. That's how we're supposed to love our family. That's how we're supposed to love our friends. And loving that way is not easy. Yeah. It takes work. But I can honestly say that when it comes to my family, my friends, I have an unconditional love for them. I have been treated crazy ways, talked about, you know, mistreated, wanted to punch them in the face. <laughs> but my love for them hasn't changed. Yes. And I will still go to bat for them. I will fight for them. I will, I will go and intercede yes. on their behalf. Yes. Like, because family, that's family. You yeah. know, like, you may say some crazy stuff. We may go to that. We may argue, whatever. But at the end of the day, my love for you hasn't changed. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. And that's what I'm Family, we fight like crazy, like cats and dogs sometimes. <laughs> but the love, it never goes in Never. And that's how, honestly, we should be loving one another. Yeah. And another scripture that I have, John 15, 12 to 13, is my command is love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friend. Mm. So being able to sacrifice, that's what love is. And that's what Jesus did over yeah. us. Love equals sacrifice. So if you're not able to sacrifice, and, and to be able to sacrifice to unconditionally love that person, is your love really love? Mm. Is it love or is it conditional? Because no. a lot of us have conditions on our love. <laughs> to yeah. be honest, we do. Yeah. It's like, oh, I love you until this, or right. I love you as long as you're doing this. But that isn't love. Mm-hmm. Because if God loved us that way, we'd all be in hell. Yeah. Our our destiny would be straight to hell because we mess up every day. <laughs> and we have to um, go to a forgiving God daily and repent mm-hmm. of what we do, what we think. Like, the, the stuff that goes on every single day that, that can cause us to fail. We have to constantly be in prayer, constantly, you know, be re- in repentance 
So for us to have a guy who literally just dropped his app after messing up one time, he would what? He would be up the creek. Like, <laughs> there would be no hope, like at, at all. all. At all. So that's important. Yes. So the third one is encouraging. And actually walking it out with you. So you need family and friends who are going to speak life into you. Who are going to uplift you with the word of God. And not only do it, but walk it out with you. Meaning to to be on the phone with you and to tell you, okay, this is what you should should be doing. I think you should be doing it. Like that's, that's also what encouraging is. Encouraging is not to say, oh, you can do it, baby. Encouraging you is also giving you tips and tricks of how to do it, yeah. of how to how to get through the situation, how to strategically win. Yeah. Because a lot of times our friends and our family they've already experienced it before, so they should be telling you and giving you advice based on what they experienced to be able to help you not experience that. Yeah, that's what encouraging, uplifting, and walking it out with you is. Mm-hmm. So, an encouraging scripture that I have is Proverbs eighteen twenty four. It says, one who has unreliable friends soon comes to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. Wow. That's Proverbs 18.24. But 1 Thessalonians 5.11 says, therefore, encourage one another and build up one another just as you are doing. Colossians 3.21 says, parents don't provoke your children in a way that ends up discouraging them so as parents as friends you have responsibility to encourage your friends and your family as parents it is so important that you encourage your children especially when they're young you should be encouraging your children based on what they see you doing as well as the word of God, speaking right. life into them. Do not cause them to sin. Parents, you know your child's triggers. You know your, your child's, you know, goods, bad. You know all of it. And sometimes you'll trigger your child. Uh-huh. <laughs> and you get mad at them for being triggered. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> hey, right? <laughs> and we have parents like that out here that will provoke their children mm. and then get mad at them for them being provoked. So we have to be very careful with that as parents. Um, and as friends as well, you know, like a lot of times when people know you, they will purposely push your buttons. Family, that's like, <laughs> that should be like the next definition in, in, the, in the Bible. It should be push family, your, push your buttons. Like literally it should be just be there because they know you and they know how to, you know? So please don't do that. Yeah. If, if that's something that you know you've done, ask God to, you know, to help you. To deliver you. <laughs> because we're not out here trying to cause people to fail. You know, if the whole goal is for for the family unit to be strong, just like Tony Evans talks about, you know, the family unit being so important um, and being the foundation of society that the scripture talks about. And if you have a broken mom and dad, you have broken kids. You have like you have a broken society, and that's what we have out here: the shootings and the different things that are happening. People are hurting, right? And society is broken. And it's broken because of a broken family. It's broken because of a broken mom and dad. It's broken because of a a broken children who have not received the proper teaching, the proper word, the proper love from those parents, from those friends, from those people that were supposed to do that. Too many people are relying on our school systems to basically raise 
of children. It shouldn't be the case. But one verse I think of when it comes to encouraging is Ecclesiastes 4, 9 to 10. And it says, two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. So that just goes to show having family, having friends is so important because in life you go through different things that cause you to fall down. But when you have that friend or that family member, they'll be able to pick you up. And actually, I want to share a story of my sister, Hope, when she was going through cancer. It was a hard time. It it was a, a very like down time for her. And I can remember back when COVID began in 2020 and how hard it was for her because she was actually in a different state. And so she couldn't really even physically be around her family and friends. She was just in her hospital room all day. And so it was just hard to see her there. And I was so grateful that my sister, she came up with an idea to have family and friends record a video of basically just encouragement. We get so many different videos, almost 200 videos of family and friends encouraging her. And so we surprised her with the video. And I'm telling you, she literally said that video kept her alive. It kept her alive in New York for her to get back home to Philly. She said she replayed that video over and over and over again. It was almost like those people were in the room with her. And so it just reminds me that like having family and friends is so important. It literally can keep you alive. That encouragement that you receive from them, it literally uplifted her. It brought her to tears and it brought her back home. And, and that's that's like it shows just how powerful um, that encouraging yeah. and that that encouraging word can be for someone. You never know what somebody is going through, and your encouraging word, your your hug, your phone call, right. it can mean so much to them. So when it comes to this, like I know, you know, it, it becomes hard when you have issues with family and you have different situations that have happened that have maybe separated you from your mom, separated you from your dad. For brothers or sisters, but you know, if it's possible, try to be careful that you know, call your brother, call your sister, you know, call your mom, you know, just reach out and say, Hi, how are you doing? Like, try to rekindle that. At the end of the day, the Bible speaks on the importance of family, the Bible speaks on the importance of honoring your mother and your father, that your days will be longer upon the earth, regardless of what they have done to you, amen. There are so many people who are still mad at their mom and dad for something they did to them and how it happened to their childhood and you didn't do this, you didn't do that. Listen, forgive them. Not for them, but for you. And allow God to help you to be able to figure out a way to be able to deal with them or to be able to interact with them. It doesn't mean that you have to have the perfect you know, relationship, but honor them because that is a blessing on your life. That's a blessing on your future children. And it's it's a, literally a promise. Honor your mother and father. Yes. My pastor, my first lady, they would talk about how you know my first lady had started to take care of her father during the last couple of years of his life, and her father was not in her life. Her father had remarried after she had she had left with her mom, and had a whole other family. It was taking care of the family and doing all the right things for that family, but forgot about her and her and her, and her mom. But after her father got older and could not take care of himself, she she took it upon herself, regardless of what he did and what did not do for her, she took care of him as he took his life breath. And God has been a blessing on her life because of that. So sometimes we have to get outside of ourselves. We have to get outside of our feelings. We have to get outside of our emotions because it's not about us. It's not about us. And if God is calling us higher 
than that. Higher yeah. than our emotions. Higher than in that feeling of, well, you did this. So, no. <laughs> we cannot live there. We cannot live there. You know, I'm not saying if it was an abusive situation that you able to deal with it. Obviously, if it's, if it's physically abusive, mentally abusive, you know, there are things that, you know, you cannot do. I respect that. I understand that. But if it was not abusive, we have to make some changes. We have to try to step forward towards the positive life. Because we have to change this this dynamic of the family being broken. Somebody has to change it. And it starts with us. It starts with you today. So make that change. Make a phone call. Do what you have to do. So the next one that we have is be honest. Both our friends and family being honest. Now, if nothing else, if nothing else, okay, sometimes we all know friends and family can be too honest. (laughs) They can just tell, yeah, girl, you don't look right. Take that all. Like, <laughs> <laughs> friends and family, sometimes they can be too honest. But if we are if we are honest with ourselves, we need that. Yeah. You need someone to be honest with you. Like, girl, you got something on your face. Let me, me just <laughs> let me help you out, right? Because you look a little crazy. Let me let me just help you out. Like, we need that honesty because honesty is what's going to help us become better. Right. We need someone to be able to say to us in love. Yeah, I don't think you should do that because I don't know if that's, that's going to work out. You know, like, and the thing is, you don't have to always take heed to all of it, right? Because sometimes it, it could come from a, a negative place from on their end and it may not be the truth. But you should have discernment within yourself to be able to be able to differentiate the two, to know which one is honest right. and which one is like, okay, maybe they come a little crazy. This is not coming from a positive, genuine place. Right. You know, there, there's there's ways that you can tell the difference. But family, honestly, how they are designed, the makeup of them, they're already telling you the truth whether you want to hear it or not. <laughs> um, and honestly, that's what we need. Sometimes we have to build tough enough skin to be able to hear it. Because honestly, you know, it doesn't always feel good to be told the truth, but the Bible speaks on the truth setting you free. Um, And sometimes when it comes to, you know, meeting people out in the world, they're going to be kind. They're not going to want to tell you the nitty gritty and and get a deep dive and tell you the real truth. You got to pay people to tell you the truth in the world. You got to pay a counselor. You got to pay a therapist. But family, that's free. (laughs) You know, that's, that's free. So, you know, if, if if there may be people that you cannot trust in your family to give you the real raw, go to someone from your family or friends that you know has the, your best interest at heart and ask them, you know, for advice to tell you that a hundred percent honest truth on that situation or on that problem, and and listen to them. To, you know, take take it with a grain of salt. Take mm-hmm. what you what you need and what you don't need. You know, right. you leave it there, but accept that criticism. Criticism and expect accept that truth. Right. And one thing I've learned, you know, maturing in Christ is sometimes certain criticism that is truly the truth might not come in the right spirit. And so you have to test the spirit and then also determine whether or not what's coming out of someone's mouth is the truth. Yeah. And you'll know. Yeah. You know. So sometimes you just have to take the criticism, even if it's coming from a the wrong place and the person might be a little angry saying it and you know your emotions can kick in and cause you to want to cry afterwards but if the information is the truth just take it just yeah. take it for, and, and work on yourself with that information yeah and you can also communicate in a better way next time 
you know, I didn't like how you came off with that. You know, maybe next time you say it a little bit more nice. You know, yes. like there's there's ways to communicate those things. But when it comes to family, we all know that it can just be blunt. Yeah. You know, and it can come off very harsh. <laughs> so, but a lot of times it can be the truth. You know, so we have to know how to take that. A lot of times our family sees what we don't see. Right. They're, they're seeing it from a different perspective. Especially those friends and family that mean that honestly have have their, their best interest at heart for you. They mean right. well for you. They can see things that we don't see. Right. So it's important that, you know, when they tell us things that we take it with a grain of salt, you know, we, we think about it, praying about it, asking God to really show us if that's an issue or a problem and to help us with that. Right. And one verse I want to bring up is a verse to just hold on to and keep with you. And it's Proverbs 27, 6. And it says, wounds from a friend can be trusted. But an enemy multiplies kisses. So just be careful around people who are just always complimenting you, kissing you. Sometimes, you, you know, you can't trust that because they actually might be your enemy. But know that your friend can be trusted, even with your wounds that they might bring you. Amen. Amen. Um, so the next topic that we want to talk about is leading by example. Um, and this is so true especially when it comes to family because your children are going to do what they see we see so much that when people get married or just whatever they may do you hear oh you're just like your mom or you're just like your dad and you're doing this just like your mom you're doing this just like your dad Mm -hmm. because of what you see it becomes normal to you it's shown as being okay because that's all you've seen all of your life Mm -hmm. until you may get around people who may not be that way. Or, for, you know, on the other end of, of the spectrum, we may have been around a super healthy family. And then when you get around people who are the opposite, you're like, hold up, what's this world? Screw it up. Because you've all only seen positive things yeah. growing up. <laughs> you know? So it's important that your family leads by example. And I have a scripture for that. And it says, Proverbs 22, 6, says, train your, your children in the way they should go. And when they grow old, they will not depart from it. Amen. So and when it comes to training, training is just not saying, okay, this is what you need to do. It's also about you doing it yourself. I see so much when it comes to the church. A lot of children who are raised in the church, how they turn from God when they get older. Or they just live really crazy lives. And it doesn't add up to the fact that their parents are pastors, their parents are preachers, and whatever. It doesn't add up. And a lot of that has to do with their parents not living that outside of the church. That when they leave, that whatever their pastor or their parent was talking about or doing in church is the complete opposite. So their kids actually are the fruit of what was truly being sown. Because if what was being sown was what they were doing in church, their children would show that. And it doesn't. Not all the time, but a lot of times we see that. And that is a result of them truly not seeing the word at home. Yeah. That really trains that child to be the opposite when they don't see you living it out. A lot of times my parents will say, don't be like me. Don't do what I did. But what are you doing now? How are you showing that child different? How are you showing that child that they don't have to do that? No parent is perfect. No parent will ever be perfect. But it is your responsibility to teach your children right from wrong, what is good, what is bad, what to do, what not to do, based on how you live your life. No person is perfect, no family is perfect, but when you are a doer of the word, your children 
will exemplify that. Amen. Because they will see it not only in the in, in the church, but they'll see it at home when they go home. I see how my mom interacts, you know, in her daily life. I see how my dad interacts in his daily life. I see it. Well, I see it for myself. It's not just when I go to church. It's hallelujah, thank you, Jesus, literature, all that. When they go home, it's the same thing. When they go home, it's this. So when I see this, I know this is how I have to be. Right. So I'm going to do that. It, it's it's it literally, it's, it's called generational cycles. Generational curses that have not been broken, that are still on the mom. So if the kid does not have what it takes to break it, it will continue down the line. So who's going to break it? We have to break it. So, Yeah, and I, I definitely agree with you. I think leading by example, just watching someone and them walk out their faith is truly the best teacher Yeah. It, then versus someone just talking. You know, talk is cheap, yeah. but actions speak. Yeah. So loud. So I definitely agree with that. And even when I think of my own parents and just the wisdom and the godly counsel that they instilled in me, like it would be situations I would find myself in and they weren't the best. But then I would think back to like how I grew up and like, is this really where I should be? Yeah. Is this really the, the type of people I should be around? And it's just like train up a child in the way they should go. And when they are old, they will not depart. Like it's literally instilled in me. The values, the morals, the teachings, the trainings, every single day of my life growing up in my household under my parents' roof, it was just instilled. The truths, the Bible studies, the church, it's just everything. Everything is just instilled in you that literally God cannot take his hands off of you because you are his child and your parents gave you everything that you need. Yeah. And even when it comes to friends, Mm -hmm. lead by example as well. Yeah. Like, if, if you are a friend that, you know, may seem to be, you know, maybe further in your walk with God, you living out your life and you doing what God has called you to do, your friends are going to see that mm-hmm. and see the light on you and want to know more about it. They're going to see how you're improving, how you're becoming more confident, how you're glowing. And the glow is not you. It's, it's the Holy Spirit. It's, it's God's presence. And they're going to want to understand what is this? Like, why is she so happy? Like, why, you know, this happened to her, but yet she's still being able to have joy. She's right. still able to have peace. Like, they're going to want to understand what this is. So you actually living that, you actually living it out and then seeing it firsthand, it's going to get them to want to understand more about who God is by you living it out daily and being that example. Um and that's what we're supposed to do as friends. That's what we're supposed to do as family. So I also want to emphasize, again, the importance of us living it out. And please, 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 before you start a family, before you, you begin to want to be a family and want to start this, honestly, study this. Study the structure of God's um, importance of God's design for family. And... Make sure you're ready for it because it requires a lot. People just think, oh, I want want a baby. It requires a (laughs) lot of praying, a lot of fasting, a lot of unlearning negative traits. It's not a a cute thing. It's not, oh, these babies cute. No, yeah, the baby's cute. You want to dress it up. (laughs) But what if you taught this child? It doesn't just start when the child is able to talk. It's not when the child comes out the womb. You're praying over your belly. You're, you're speaking life into your, to your child. You're teaching them how to pray as soon as they can say, Mom. You're teaching them, you know, God. You're teaching them how to do these things early on that it sticks and it stays. 
If nothing else, you have given them God. If nothing else, you have taught them how to pray, taught them how to seek the Lord at the at the youngest ages. So if you are not ready to be a mom, to be a, a dad, you're not ready for that. Get prepared. Yes, let God get you ready. Yeah. So that you are prepared. He will give you everything that you need and send yeah. people your way to encourage you. Yeah, yeah. So as a well-watered woman, as a well-watered man, individual, these are some of the main topics that are, are needed when it comes to friends, when it comes to family. And take all of these things and, and really think about it. You know, take notes on it. You know, d- dig deeper into these different aspects and different topics. And honestly, look at yourself. You know, you know, and, and, and look at yourself and, and ask yourself, you know, what do I need to work on when it comes to my friends and my family? Can they depend on me? Can they look at my life as an example and say, you know, I, I have to do it that way or I want to do it that way? Are you being an example for your family? Are you being an example for your friends? Right. And one last thing we want to talk about is the concept that bad company corrupts good morals. So you have to be aware of who you spend your time with. And my younger sister, she gave wisdom. I don't remember the exact word she said, but basically she said, you know, either you're friends with a person or you're in their lives to inspire them. You're not in their lives to take steps backwards to where they are. No, sometimes you get people in your life. They might not necessarily be your friend. They could just be an acquaintance and you're just in their life so that they can see God in your life and that you can be an inspiration for them. So I'm just going to talk about six quick ways that you can avoid bad company. And it's basically just six key points and six characteristics that you want to stay away from people associated with this. So you want to stay away, number one, from a person that gossips. And in Proverbs 20, 19, it says, he who goes about as a slander reveals secrets. Therefore, do not associate with a gossip. So the Bible and God literally tells us, do not associate with a gossip. And then number two, the quick temper. There's also a verse in Proverbs that talks about how you shouldn't be associated with a man or woman that's given to anger. And then number three, the disloyal and the discontent. The Bible also talks about that. Don't associate with those that are not content, are not loyal, because ruin comes with that. And then number four, the self-indulgent. And the Bible talks about in Proverbs, not to be associated with those types of people. Number five, the immoral, that relates to bad companies, you know. And then number six, the fool. And in Proverbs 13, 20, it says, he who walks with wise men will be wise, but the companion of fools will suffer harm. So be careful, be aware of these different traits that people could have and stay away, stay away. Yeah. Pray for these people, if anything, because yeah. bad company corrupts good morals. Yeah. You don't want to be that person, you know, you grew up in good morals and all of a sudden you ran into this one person and boom, yeah. now your morals are gone. <laughs> like, no, 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 no. Yeah. Take heed to, like, and if you go through our Proverbs, you'll get so much wisdom. Take heed to what Proverbs says and stay away. Pray and stay away. And, and that alone is, is evidence and proof that you don't have to be connected to people who steal your joy, yeah. to people who mm-hmm. have those traits. Um, a lot of times we feel like as Christians that we have to keep everybody around and can't cut people off. And no, if this person is tearing you down, if they are tearing you away from God, you have every, every right <laughs> to cut them off. And, and by cutting them off, I'm not saying to 
don't forget them, you know, whatever. Be prayerfully pray for them, but keep your distance because it's not going to benefit you. My pastor has been talking about the last couple of weeks on the importance of our joy and joy robbers. <laughs> Why did my pastor this morning just call me about joy wow. and how to be associated with people that bring you joy? Wow. Just this morning, just this morning, wow. he talked about the joy of the Lord. So I showed y'all be around people. Literally, you are so happy yes. around. You have joy. Like, you don't want to leave their presence. Yes. That's how much joy that you have. Yes. so important. Yeah. yeah. And in my pastor, I'm going to tell you guys, my pastor told us to make a list of our joy robbers. Wow. Who are the, are the people who rob our joy? And then make a list of the joy, the people that give us joy, things that make us happy. Right. And compare that list. And listen, the joy robbers, you need to sip it. <laughs> that can be person, place, thing, whatever, you know, fits on that list. But you need to sip it. And I, I'm not saying, you know, because you can have a gym on your joy robber list. Uh-uh. No, 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 no. Get to the gym. I know. Get to the gym, okay? But in all honesty, um, it's important. That we identify um, those things because it's important as Christians that we keep our joy, that we remain in joy, that we remain in peace. And I know at times, sometimes your friends and family can can, can be on those lists of joy, right? <laughs> you know? <laughs> but you have the right to set boundaries um, and, and set those things in place so that you're not getting derailed. From your walk to God. Amen. So this was so good. Yeah. Such a good topic. We hope you guys learned so much. Yes. Take a hold of it. Keep it close to you. This information. Go live a well-watered woman slash a well-watered man life. Have a good day. Bye.